FT Live, how you doing? Just talking about trolls and Lokane doesn't have to deal with that because he doesn't really look at the socials. Plus, he just smiles and then the trolls all melt off of all of their phones. <laughs> Isn't that how it works? Yeah, that's how it works. Stay away from the social media, you know. Um, you live a better life that way. Yeah. You know what, I mean? <laughs> what if, what if, Locaine, what if like your boss or your, like your roommate you don't want makes you have it? I mean, maybe. That's not true. I'm not, I'm not physically yeah. like holding you to no, your but, phone. No, okay. And you enjoy Twitter. I enjoy both of them, but I just think it's funny that people take it so seriously. I and mean, we talk about this a lot, but it's, why do people, Locaine, why do people take it so serious? It's not. Well, I'm not telling you to I don't think go you're out. asking the right guy. No, but he can maybe <laughs> answer for me. But why do people go out and like they take it so serious if you're talking about like a baseball game? It's not life or death, it's a baseball game. It's not like we're talking about issues of like this life is or not death. politics. This is baseball. This is just baseball. Well, they kind of treat it like politics, you know. I mean, people are in love with their teams, and you know, you say anything wrong or out of the way. They'll, they'll definitely let you know about it. So, um, yeah, I mean, we got to lighten up around here. You know, we're, we're just analyzing games, picking games, and uh, having fun with it. But I agree. Certain and people take it to another yeah, level. We are we are for the people. Um, we'll have some fun today with the scores from yesterday. One number before all of that. Just wanted to give a quick congrats in case we don't get to it later. Paul Skeens, $9.2 million signing bonus. He will be a Pittsburgh Pirate. It is happening probably well, next be a year. Pirate, no matter what. I'm saying he agreed. It, it's real. The Pirates actually like took you know their alligator arms they down into to. their pocket and handed. I know. Can you I imagine know. if they didn't sign him? It's happened before. I know, but can you imagine if he did, they would, didn't sign him? It would be Dude, people in Pittsburgh would be like, yeah, remember how they did the boycott, the reverse boycott in Oakland? There would yeah. be a real boycott in Pittsburgh. <laughs> like there would be nobody at a game. Like, yeah. you have to sign this dude. That's fair. That's fair. Hey, we'll talk to Russ Dorsey in about 15 minutes. Lucy Burge is going to join us during this hour to go over some picks. J.D. Davis in hour number two from the San Francisco Giants, as well as Freddie Peralta. Let's charge the damn mound. Locaine, are you jealous that you didn't play baseball last night in the major leagues? Because basically everyone homered and almost everybody scored double-digit runs. I mean, Sarah Lang said there were four games where both teams scored double-digit runs. First time that's happened since 1894. And also there were 12 teams total that scored double-digit runs. This was the most crazy offensive day. There's a bunch of these stat lines that tie it back to these two days in 1894. So what the hell is going on? Hey, man, maybe something in the air. I'm not sure. But uh, everyone was swinging it. A lot of runs scored yesterday. Um, the tough part about it, about it is if you know we score that many runs you know usually getting six probably six at bats and for the majority of the time you're probably getting two or three hits as, as a hitter but um i've also been on the other end of that where i've also went over six over seven and i i wasn't able to join the party of scoring all those runs there's always one it's always one dude that doesn't get it there's gotta be that goes to like over six always always that guy and now is he sulking my- in the clubhouse He's trying to hide it, but he's, he's kind of over in the corner. Like everyone's dance party. Now think about it, if you're like the Braves, you score 13 and lose. Mm-hmm. There's a whole lot of dudes that should be happy but are pissed. Yes, right. Austin Riley had seven RBIs, two pissed. homers. Pissed. 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 Got to be pissed, right? I mean, you act pissed inside. You're like, eh, but damn, he's already got a contract <laughs> though, so it's kind of like right. It's not like he's yeah, you know earning man. his money or something. Like he is, but it's not like he's like, oh shit, this yeah. is gonna get me paid more. You're like yesterday, Bobby Witt, zero for five. They scored eleven. Mm-hmm. A uh, bunch of overs on the Tigers, even though they scored eleven or ten. I mean, uh, there were three 11-10 games yeah. yesterday. Uh, let's see who else. Let's let's. I hate to call dudes out, but. <laughs> Mets won 11-10. Reds, everyone was had a hit. Uh, Giants, Wade Jr. only had two at-bats, so he was 0-2. That don't really count. No. But Atlanta, I think everyone had a hit. Well, let's go no, to Atlanta right? Ozuna for 0-4. Oh, Ozuna was 0-4? Guriel 0-6. Oof. There's the 0-6. Yeah. But who had the best day in Atlanta? I know the Braves lost. And, yes, oh, my gosh, the Braves have lost three games in a row and four or five since they had a 27-4 and run. They have so much cushion in their lead in the standings, it's ridiculous. But they snuck in a little signing there. Did you see that, Locaine? Travis Darno again. They keep doing this. We'll give you one year, $8 bucks for next year, and then we take that club option for the year after that. 
it's good money for a backup catcher. And the Braves have a theory, and there's Robert Murray posting more about it. The Braves have a theory. Two catchers that are capable of starting games for long stretches. One happens to be a star now in Sean Murphy, but he only catches about two-thirds of the time, and the Braves are thriving from it. If you look at the numbers, the thing that stood out to me was Dave O'Brien posted that at the catching position, the Braves rank first in homers, on-base, slugging, and OPS. That's good. Yeah, I mean, what have they been doing? They've been they've been doing a great job of managing the team, um, putting, a, putting together great signings. And uh, like I said, they find a way to just keep the team flowing and, and keep it strong every single year. And, uh, I mean, paying dividends right now because they're playing well. And uh, they're a lot of fun to watch for sure. The thing about the two catchers is they, they want their starter – Starter mm-hmm. Murphy mm-hmm. now. Who I mean, it was pretty. Did you just do starter with starter. quote marks? Yeah, because yeah. either one of these dudes could start. Yes. I mean, mm-hmm. I saw Travis Darno a couple weeks ago in uh, Tampa, and I was making fun of him, like, "Oh, you're too old to play every day now." And he's like, "Man, I got the life now." <laughs> he's like, "Cause I get paid," and Sean Murphy's like the best catcher in baseball, and I get I play it twice a week, maybe DH every once in a while, come in, hit a homer. And Good for be, longevity, isn't it? it but they, the but they want it for the they want it for the. They, they want their starter, again, I'm going to do it just for you, starter, <laughs> to go like 100 games. Mm-hmm. And then they want their backup to go the other 62-ish. And then you can mix and match. You can, you know, pinch hit, do whatever you need to do in that in the, in between. You know, it might not be 162 if someone gets hurt or whatever happens. But that way it breaks it up. They think it keeps them both fresh. And now with the DH, like they've been DH and Murphy. They DH Darno. Uh, so th- it's it's a good plan. If you can find two. Now, the Braves are the only team that has two that can do this. The Phillies, they're running Real Muto out there 150 games this year. Why? Because they don't got – I mean, their backup guy is, I think, Stubbs, right? And he, I mean, he's serviceable, but he's not Travis Darno or Sean Murphy. So, that's what you run into is not a lot of teams can find – a lot of teams have a hard time finding one catcher, but to find two catchers mm-hmm. of this quality is almost impossible. And it's smart to keep paying Darno, though, who's a veteran who likes his role. And it's not cheap. I mean, that's more than most backup yeah, catchers but, are getting in $8 million. But he's not a bucks. typical backup catcher. Right. But isn't that a position where you want to have the depth? Isn't I mean, it, yes. I'm obviously preaching to the choir here, but that's yes. an important position where you have Darno. I want to catch every game. I know you want to catch every game. <laughs> I know you'd make an argument for it. No, no, no. I get it, though, because my, at the end of my career – okay, my last two years with the Braves, my first year I was supposed to be – to. Christian Bethencourt is now in Tampa. I was supposed to be like the Travis Darno play, you know, 60 games, whatever, back him up. So I ended up playing over a hundred because things happen. The next year they signed Tyler flowers and they said, Hey, we want you to do 162. Well, he ended up playing better. So he ended up playing more, which I get, but that was the start of it. Right. They said, we want to have two guys we can rely on yep. to play. And that was, so I, the first time I kind of had ever heard it. And now they've just continued, and the, the quality obviously has gotten better. Smart, though, because Locaine, a lot of people kept throwing Travis Darno's name out there over the past few months in mm-hmm. trades. They were like, oh, this team needs a catcher? Darno's a good guy that they could pick up. And I'm like, are we sure that the Braves want to trade him? Because also, in addition to what he contributes on the field, he is very well-liked in the clubhouse. Yeah. So I'm like, are you sure? Because the Braves certainly can afford him. Why are why would they trade him if they're going for a World Series? Why would they trade their depth away like that? It makes no sense. No, it makes zero sense. I mean, like you said, the guy's well-liked. You know, uh, he, he's kind of the total package. He can play on the field. He's well-liked in the clubhouse. I think that all kind of meshes together. And um, as you go throughout the entire season, you need guys like that. So, uh, yeah, I mean, you have catching depth, but you, you never know when somebody might go down. And you have another solid option to to turn to if something does happen. So now well, let's say let's keep Darno and uh, just keep rolling away doing the things we've been doing all season long. Braves are running their operation there in a very smart way to keep um, <laughs> continuity going with all their players too. So I'll give them props there. Let's flip it to the Red Sox, the first place Boston Red Sox in the American League Central. Oh, jeez. <laughs> you looked up. You're like, like, wait, what? Are you ready to well, correct no, because me? Also, well, and they're better than the Yanks. By the way, stay off the American League Central. Every team in the division scored 10 runs yesterday, so take it easy on the Central. And so did Tell half the league. Game. So did half the league. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so did you see what Alex Cora said? Quote, it's not about how many prospects you have or where your farm system is. The one that really counts is how many games you win in October and how many games you play in October. He's talked before, like earlier in the season when they went through some struggles about the rosters, the roster. They're pretty good right now. They've been on a nice run. They're beating the teams that they're supposed to beat, except for yesterday, I know, against the A's. 
They'll bounce back. We'll get to that later. But they're 51 and 44, fourth place in the wild card, fourth place in the division. They're one and a half games away from a playoff spot. They're better than the Yankees record-wise right now. The Yankees are in last place. The Yankees are in last place. They're missing Judge. My thing with the Red Sox is, I'll admit, I was wrong. I didn't think they would be in this spot. I thought they'd be 500-ish. They're a little above that. They still might finish 500-ish. My point is, this team should be a buyer at the trade deadline, shouldn't they? If they had pitching, their offense is pretty good. Dude, I love this quote from Alex Cora as a player. Screw those prospect dudes. Like, go, let's go get real dudes. Let's go get like big league players. I love if I'm on the Red Sox, this fires me up. Now, this is the Dave Dombrowski approach, like trade the farm system, go try to win a World Series. He's, and it's worked for him in a lot of places. Right? Mm-hmm. Marlins, Detroit, it almost worked for him. Red Sox, he got one, right? Philly, they lost in the World Series last year. But he has a very specific MO, which is Trade away all the prospects. I'm going to get you to the World Series. Now, if you guys win it or lose it, that's up to you. But we're going to get there because I'm going to go out and get you a bunch of, like, big league players. And But then the farm system is shit. That's why he leaves. And then it takes teams a while to get back. Like, look at the Tigers. Look at the Marlins. I mean, all these teams, right? But they get their World Series. They get to the World Series and have a chance. But, listen, if I'm a Red Sox fan or I'm a Red Sox person, I love this quote from Alex Cora because I'm like, this dude wants it now. And give a shit about a guy in A-ball that no one's ever heard of. Let's go, boys. Let's bring him. Is it a shot at the front office slash ownership to do more because the Red Sox haven't been as aggressive in the last few years as you'd expect them to be? No. I, I think it's Alex Cora being honest and saying, uh, this is what I believe and we have a shot. And listen, as a guy, like you said, I bet against the Red Sox this year. I'm going to have red hair here before much too much longer. Mm. Like my hair is going to look like this. <laughs> but yeah that's real that's real because yeah, they have bet. a better I mean, record than the white boy, Sox, and boy, i don't think stupid. that's changing no because yeah. the white Sox, the red Sox, talking about buying people and the white Sox can't wait to get rid of everybody so it's only gonna they get they might worse. be trade partners maybe i can make a side bet on that <laughs> <laughs> they need uh, pitching though low and i mean if they pick up some pitching they can hang around in the wild card race and i think that's what alex cora was calling for like they had one of the weirder trade deadlines last year and I'm hoping that they learned from that. Yeah, I, I agree with what Cora said. You know, um, when you get an opportunity to get to the World Series or get in the playoffs or whatever the case may be, you just want a shot, you know, because I know a lot of guys that – a few guys that haven't even sniffed the playoffs or ha- haven't even sniffed the World Series. So if you get an opportunity, you take full advantage of it, you go out there and try to win it. And like like AJ said, get rid of the guys in low way. No one cares. It's all about winning World <laughs> Series, winning championships, and uh, we'll figure out the rest later. I like that. Who, the only guy who cares is that guy that gets traded in a ball. He cares. <laughs> he no, cares. His family cares. No, the front office cares, right? <laughs> no, they because don't. the the front office, if the guy ends up being a stud, how many? Okay. Well, and how many we've times, talked about Locaine, this. Locaine, how many yeah. times? Have you been on a team and, and a team is like, we're going to make the playoff. We got a chance to make the playoffs, but we don't want to trade Jimmy Bob. Fernando Tatis Jr. for James Shields. Well, that was a mistake. But here's the thing. Like, we're not going to trade Jimmy Smith and A-ball for some guy that can help us get to the postseason and possibly win a World Series. The Jaguars receiver? Yeah, I don't know. And then Jimmy Smith doesn't end up being shit, but you could have had to make a run. Like, it's like, yeah. yeah, it's great if they turn. Yeah. And then, of course, the ones, no one remembers that we've talked about trades on here the last few days. You can't even name the dudes because they barely played in the big leagues, but they make the move, right, for that guy and they get these guys back. But they only remember the big ones, like Fernando Tatis. Like, of course, the guy turned out to be a, a superstar with ringworm. But <laughs> now, of course, they're like, oh, and then James Shields goes and gives up the home run to, you know, I mean, it was, but they, they remember that one because of the name. Yeah, and fans right. fans value aggression. And Lo, the Boston Red Sox are a big market team, and they are a roller coaster usually of a franchise. It's like we win a World Series, then we have some last place finishes. You know, they're kind of all over the place, which is okay. I mean, they still won a lot more um, than most of the rest. So just throwing that out there. Yeah, I mean, I agree with that assessment. Like for me, I, I feel like I was one of those guys that got traded. From when I was in Milwaukee, you know, they were going out to, you know, get trying to get to the playoffs and they traded, you know, me and a few other guys for Zach Grinky. So, you know, I was kind of a, you know, nobody back then, but, you know, it kind of ended up working out for both sides. So I've, I've been a part of trade like that. So I think it's well worth it. Oh, I remember that trade. Mm-hmm. We'll get into that another he time, maybe in the weeds. Locaine? 
Yeah, he was traded. Stadium's Russ Dorsey with us again this week. So let's just keep this combo going. couple things. First off, Russ, do you remember the Zach Granke Locane trade? I, I, so I didn't remember that Low was in that trade, but I do remember when they went and acquired Granky because it was a really big deal. And he didn't end up staying with Milwaukee, but he was really good in that short tenure up there uh, north of where I am here in Chicago. But that was a really good team that when they added Granky. Okay, Low, this is your time to brag and say, <laughs> AJ, you're wrong. Sometimes you do need to hold on to your prospects. So tell us that deal, but also give us the second layer of that deal that turned into even more prized possessions for the Royals World Series winning ball club. Yeah, it was like I said, it was myself, uh, Alcides Escobar, Jeremy Jeffers, and uh, Jake Odorizzi at the time. And we were traded for uh, Zach Grinke and Betancourt. So, I mean, for me, I was excited to be in Milwaukee because I, I got opportunity to get called up that year. But, um, you know, going to Kansas City was kind of blessing in disguise for me. But Wait, um, but yeah. One more also, layer though, Lo. What was the next layer of that deal? Yeah, too? the next layer of that trade also. You know, you get Jake Odorizzi, and then you add in Will Myers, and also, and then you go and get Wade Davis, which was our closer, dominant closer for for us, and also James Shields, with I, which I felt like he kind of turned our team into a. He, he taught us how to be team players. He taught us how to lead each other and and get out there and, and figure out how to win games. So uh, he was a huge asset to our team. Wait, but it was Odorizzi for Wade Davis, and who was the other no, one? Odorizzi, no? Will Myers for, I think it was Wade Davis and James Shields. Wow. So, if I'm Russ, not mistaken. You know, we can't grade trades too early, yeah. but now we've had some time to let that one marinate. I mean, at the time, <laughs> you're, you're probably like, okay, these kids are probably going to be pretty good one day. And if in a hall like that, when you're trading that many young prospects, you're thinking, okay, if two of these kids end up getting in the big leagues, one of them becomes an all-star, but we got what we needed at the time, you make that trade every day. Looking back, it helped out Kansas City way more than it helped Milwaukee, obviously. But I think the cool thing for Lowe in that situation is he ends up being able to win the World Series in KC and then go to Milwaukee and have a great tenure there, too. Most guys don't get that opportunity. Yeah, I was able to go back home. You know, the team that drafted me and, uh, you know, they drafted me, gave me my first shot and to get the opportunity to, you know, like you said, win a World Series and then eventually go back to Milwaukee and try to do the same thing, which we had a great run there. Went to the playoffs almost every single year while I was there. So we had the shot. We had the opportunity to go out and win a World Series. Russ, I got one for you. I just. All right. So in 2003, I was traded from the Twins of the Giants, right? The Giants got. Booth Bonzer, Joe Nathan, Francisco Liriano, okay? And then Joe Nathan went on to have a bunch of saves. They brought up Joe Maurer, mm -hmm. right? So then they flipped Liriano for Eduardo Escobar to the White Sox. Then they flipped Eduardo Escobar for some guy named their closer now, Duran. You're on, Duran. So you're welcome, Twins. All the Twins fans that booed me, you're still welcome. You're part of that trade web. Uh, the web continues. You're the Kickstarter. Yeah. Wow. The twins so only, I got traded for all those dudes, and it's still it's, and all the twins fans. That's are cool mad. though. That's like that's what's so cool about baseball, yeah. like yeah. It, connecting generations. Yeah, those guys have you one to of the worst think. Worst trades AJ. of all time, by the way. One of the worst <laughs> trades of all time, by the way. <laughs> hey, Russ. So the reason we're bringing all this up is long way to get to the comments from Alex Corey yesterday, just basically saying how, in my mind, he wants to see some aggression. Like, let's make some deals. Let's trade away some prospects and. The Red Sox are a playoff-relevant ball club right now. How surprised are you? And what do you think slash expect them to do over the next couple of weeks? They've been in this weird window for a while, like you guys were talking about. And during the offseason, it was just like, what are Heim, Bloom and the Red Sox going to do? Because they were in this weird period where, you know, Rafi Devers was the guy that you're like, well, you have to sign him to an extension this is one of the best young hitters in all of baseball a cornerstone of what would be your franchise for the next decade but those conversations were not going necessarily the way that the Red Sox wanted them to go or Rafi Devers in that case but then you end up being able to sign them to that long-term extension after Bogarts goes to San Diego you're like all right we have our guy that we're going to build around offensively and then you're bringing in pieces here and there. And a couple of years ago, you brought in Schwarber at the deadline. And you bring in 
uh, Kike Hernandez. And you, you have guys that can play, right? Like you have a major league lineup. You're bringing in young kids and Tristan Casas and, 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 and Dahlback didn't work out at the time, but they're trying to kind of rebuild on the fly. But I think the, the situation the Red Sox have gotten themselves into is something that we've seen here in Chicago with the Chicago Cubs, where you have a fan base that looks around and says, all right, we have what we, we suppose that's what's supposed to be this big spending, big money ball club. Yet we have the mindset of a mid-tier small market team. And fans don't want to see that because they're looking around at the Mets and the Padres and all these teams that are spending big money to go out there and win and teams that should have the opportunity to do that because of the influx of cash that they have aren't doing that. And so I can't blame a guy like Alex Cora who has seen the highest of highs with them being able to win in Boston, but has also gone through these stretches of losing in divisions where you've seen teams like the Baltimore Orioles go from 108 losses to being, to me right now, the best team in the American League. Understand? Yeah, that's the Red Sox feeling. They're a big market team. They want they want to win, and they're trying to win every year. Now I get what Hein Bloom's trying to do. He's trying to build it for the long term. But we we talked about before you came on, Russ. Like, screw that, dude. Like, I want to win now, and the fans want to win now. They don't care about five years from now. It, it's every year. By the well, way, they want it, both. Yeah, of course they want the happy medium, which very few teams have been able to achieve. Maybe the the Dodgers, Cardinals, maybe the Astros. Yeah, but the Cardinals haven't won in a long time. But they've been consistently but they, but they haven't good. Won. Yankees consistently they good. They haven't won. Right. I mean, they won in the 21st century, but, but yes. they haven't won in a long time. Sure. Right? I mean, Fair. Russ, does it freak you out that there's like 400 TVs behind you? I was looking at that, too. I like with that. me on it? Yeah, if you turn around and look, there's like 400 Inception. TVs back there. Yeah, it's, it's kind of wild. It's kind of wild. But uh, I actually like the setup because it feels like, you know, stuff is going on here uh, at stadium. But to you guys' point about the Red Sox, Something that I'm assuming you guys heard all the time being in organizations and something I hear all the time talking to executives is this idea of sustained success. And it's something that executives love throwing out there like, hey, man, we want to have sustained success. We want to be a team that can compete for the long haul. But it's really hard to do. Like you mentioned, AJ, like it's really hard to thread the needle of we're going to put a team on the field that is competitive, not only to just, you know, say, all right, we were in a, a 500 team, but can compete to get to the postseason, but also prepare yourself for five and six years down the road where you have young kids in your system that will impact the big league level. There's very few teams that can do that. There's maybe two or three that do it really well. Houston's done it really well over the last couple of years. I think what the Cincinnati Reds are doing is, is a really good sign of that, being able to hit on your first-round picks and have all those kids help your big league ball club. You're seeing that for them. So it's not easy to do. But at some point, I do agree, and I think a lot of fan bases agree, like, you got to go for it, right? You, you, you're not going to win the 2030 World Series right now. You got to win the, the one coming up here in 2023. Unless you're the Astros, and you, you target it, and you say, we're going to win the 2017 World Series, <laughs> and then you do it, which is still the craziest thing of all time. That they, you're talking about the Sports Illustrated article? Yeah, but they, uh, Lunau and them, they told Ben, Ben uh, Reader, Ben Ryder, BR. Ryder. I only right. know him as BR because he's the BR, if you know him at all. He goes by the BR. Really? Oh, yeah. He's, he's funny as hell. Hmm. Uh, I know. I know Ben. Yeah, yeah. He's great. So he wrote an article that said the Astros said, we're going to win in 2017. And they went out and won in 20, which is the craziest thing ever, that it was written and then they did it. But that's a whole different topic. Russ, we were on trades. We talked about trades with Locaine. Does one, one appearance, one game – Luke, Lucas Giolito went out and just bombed last night, right? Which could be his last start as a White Sox. Does it affect your value that much? Do you think it affects it, or is it more of a long-term or future thing that teams are looking at? I think they're looking at the the, the more significant period of time. Uh, you can chalk it up to just being a bad start. Sometimes you're like, all right, where is a guy mentally knowing that your name's in a lot of rumors and reports? But, yeah, you have scouts and executives looking at a, a larger sample size and saying, all right, with what the information that we have, what can this guy be over the last two months of the season when he, if he's motivated on a team that has an opportunity to get to the postseason or if you're a team that knows they're going to the postseason of doing some real damage, potentially reaching the World Series? I don't think many teams would look at that and say, all right, one bad start right before the deadline, we're out on Lucas Giolito. I will say there are a lot of, you know, quality starting pitchers that might be available. 
And to the point where there might be a team the day, two days before the deadline that right now thinks they're in it, that two days before the deadline are being realistic. We're not better than X, Y, and Z team that are sitting in front of us in the wild card standings. We're going to put this guy on the market and he's going to become available. Like, let's say the Padres sell and Blake Snell is out there. Blake Snell has been fantastic over the last two months. If I'm a team that's a contender, I'd call AJ Preller and say, hey, are you selling? Because if you are, give me Blake Snell right now. All right. Well, Russ, I got a quick, I got a kind of a two-part question for you. Um, yeah. For me, I agree with you. I don't think you can do both. I don't think you can um, try to compete and win a World Series, but also trying to salvage your team as well for the upcoming seasons. But for me, um, what do you actually, do you actually think that the Red Sox would, will do something that, uh, or do something before the deadline? And also what makes, uh, the Baltimore Orioles the best, in your opinion, the best team in AL? So or I'll start with the Orioles first. I think if you look at the consistency from Baltimore, right, what they've been able to do with a group of young players. Last year, they were the big surprise. They're not surprising anybody this year, and they're still able to play at that uh, high of a level. And if you look at the Tampa Bay Rays, they were the hottest team in baseball for two months, right? Everybody's like, all right, the, they can hit well. They have great starting pitching. They have a really good bullpen with Fairbanks in the back end, good manager and Kevin Cash. But they've come back to earth. And you look at the standings right now, the Orioles are one game behind the Tampa Bay Rays that were so hot. And to be able to sustain different injuries, guys like Cedric Mullins, and to be able to have a young uh, starting staff and still be able to tread water to the point where I don't think there are many teams in the American League that are better than the Baltimore Orioles. And I think right now, because of the, the way that the Rays have come back to earth, that's why I think Baltimore is the best team in the American League. But to your question about the Red Sox, I feel like they're in a similar-ish position to the Yankees, where you look at that division and they're not in it, right? You have Toronto, Baltimore, and the Rays that are all better. But in the wild card standings, they're right behind the Houston Astros and the Yankees are right behind the Red Sox. So you got to ask yourself and be realistic and say, okay, are we a team that can actually do something in October? Are we a team that can even reach that point in time by going out and making a move? Or are we wasting our time by trying to, you know, win a, a that third wild card spot, maybe not even accomplish it, and then trade some of that prospect capital that we have? So, Russ, do the Orioles go for it then? We, we, we've talked about how we want the Red Sox to go for it. We talked about this the other day. Do the Orioles go for it? And let's say Jackson Holiday for Otani or whoever else is out there. And do they – I mean, do they chips all in and say – but why are you trading their top prospect? Because that's what it's going to take to get Otani. You're not 100%. giving away your 42nd prospect and be like, Angels, you can have Jimmy Smith and A-Ball. He's our 42nd prospect for show but, You're but going to have I, to give something up. Can I offer you like three prospects that are not my top prospect? And the Angels like, are going to be like. Like Heston, <laughs> Heston Kerstad is, is very sought out right now. Maybe because they have a surplus and I'm sure you've seen Russ. I mean. Uh, Joey Ortiz or Jordan Westberg, who doesn't necessarily have a position for this team. There, there are a number of Colton players Couser. that I could probably interest. Colton Kowser that I could come come up with that wouldn't involve Holiday that might still beat any prospect package that anyone else offers. I'm I'm with you. I'm with you. Uh, by the way, AJ, you're really high on this Jimmy Smith kid. So yeah, maybe he's, he's going to turn into something oh, man, he's one day. Help. He's on every team, but, too. He's on 30 teams. But I do think that the this is when – it's right for the Orioles to go and do something. Not only are they so good, they it feels like they're in their moment. Last year, you can make the case that they were a year early. I understand. But right now, with where you are, where you can look around the American League and say, there's not many, if any, teams that are better than us. You have to go out and make that move. Do I think that they need to go out and get Shohei Otani to make themselves a better team? No. There's, a, there's plenty of, of great starting pitching, which I think would be the area that they – go try to get, whether it's Marcus Stroman, if he's available, maybe Giolito, maybe a guy like a Lance Lynn, Blake Snell, like Jordan Montgomery. There's a lot of guys out there for them to acquire that wouldn't cost them a guy like a Jackson Holiday uh, that makes them a better team. And I think for me, if I'm in that position as a GM for the Orioles, I'm Michael Elias. I say, all right, who's the guy that has postseason experience? 
that can kind of help lead a lot of these young guys say, all right, guys, we're here now. This is what we got to do to try to win. All right, you said it. Jackson Holiday for Lance Lynn. Boom, done. <laughs> it ain't Lance happening, Lynn. buddy. It ain't you happening. You said the guy with postseason experience can teach the young guys. They're Lance Lynn. Okay, that is not what it's going to cost, buddy. It's going to be yeah. it's going to be Lance Lynn for Jimmy Smith. That's probably what it's going to be. Hey, hey, hey! Jimmy Smith's a good player now. The no former Jacksonville Jaguars wide receiver who retired like 15 years ago. Um, <laughs> I, I, I want to take you to one other Midwest team. The Milwaukee Brewers have a little bit of separation right now in the NL Central, and we've given the Reds a lot of love, but also right now they've lost six games in a row. So. Forget the Reds for a second. I want to focus on Milwaukee. Brandon Woodruff's going to come back in this second half of the season. I think Corbin Burns is, is going to have a shove at second half of the season. I think Freddie Peralta has established himself as probably a really good two, in my mind, on most teams. And he's a three on this team. That looks like a good rotation. Bullpen's been pretty solid, especially lately. Thoughts on the Brewers now and what they should do? Because they had a disaster deadline last year. And they need to do the reverse this year to show that their ball club is legit. Like, if they pick up some offense and another bullpen arm, this team could be a pain in the ass to deal with in the playoffs. Right. And you look at what Milwaukee's been able to do as an organization since Craig Council became the manager. And I know Lowe can speak to this. That was his manager for a long time. They're always going to be right there. They're always going to give themselves an opportunity to make it to October and reach the playoffs. And you look at that rotation that was supposed to be such a strength for them coming into the season with Woodruff and Burns and a frequent guest uh, of the program, Freddie Peralta. Now that those guys are healthy and they're starting to show, all right, we're, we're the team that's been there before. And I think that is the thing that separates them and the Cincinnati Reds. As much as people love the Reds, this is all new for them. And sometimes you don't know what you don't know. But having that experience of a long season where you're going to have those highs and lows it does feel like Milwaukee's going to be prepared to ride that wave. And then when August and September comes where it amps up, they're going to be prepared for that. A guy that I think might be able to help Milwaukee, it seems like the kind of a guy they were acquired this time of year, maybe Jamer Candelario, right? A guy that can play a corner, third base, first base, maybe DH for a year, has you know, improved a lot of different ways, a doubles machine, going to have a career high in homers. That's the type of Milwaukee Brewers pickup that we've seen for a long time. I like that. I like that, too. Yeah, that's a good name there. I like it. Hey, Russ, great catching up, dude, as usual. We'll see you next week. All right, guys, appreciate it. Russ, by the way, Mancini, you owe him him Bavettes, too. Not only me, but you owe him Bavettes also. That's not true. Well, are you paying still? (laughs) No, you are. That's the point. You owe us both. AJ, you played in the big leagues for almost uh, uh, 20 years. Like, I'm not. That was a long time ago, Russ. You know, yeah. it's <laughs> nah, 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 I'm not time trying to hear tight. that. I'm not trying time to hear that. Tighten. Call Canerco. Get some of that inflation. money. Inflation, sure. <laughs> inflation, which means there's there's eight there's eight of our show instead of one behind Russ, which I just wanted to say because I said it in the chat, is such a flex because it like some places will have different channels on. It's like, no, screw that. FT Live on all of the freaking TVs. I love it. <laughs> as I'm much exposure it. as possible. Hell yes. I'm with you, dude. Thanks, Russ. We'll talk to you soon, dude. See you guys. The baseballer viral hit of the week is presented by Proven Brand. And there is talk of a Legends Home Run Derby. And here's the post. Got a lot of attention on Baseballer's IG, over 50,000 likes, and I think about a thousand plus comments. There could be a Legends Home Run Derby at the 2024 All-Star Game. Some of this had to do with Ken Griffey Jr. being like, yeah, I can I can still do that. And the comments are insane, too. Uh, <laughs> we'll run a lot of them as we talk through it. And then I've actually picked up a few that I'm going to verbally mention. I'll start here because I know AJ will like this. Austin goes, Frank Thomas on Nugenics would be crazy. <laughs> Only if Doug Flutie does it with him. <laughs> uh, a hey, lot of Barry Bonds call-outs. Like <laughs> <laughs> you have names for us, and I'll, I'll keep bringing up the, the classic mm-hmm. comments right now in Baseballers IG. But you have names for us. People want Bonds, of course. There's a Jose Canseco call-out. Bonds won't do it. Why? He, just he won't. I, just he won't. He won't. Um Bonds is the one that, for me, would be the guy. Uh, Griffey, obviously. David, I don't know if David can do it. He won't. He said Tommy. He kind of said he would do it. Tommy kind of said name. yes. 
Frank, I'd love to see Frank. Uh, I'm trying to think of dudes that just hit bombs. Like, what about, can we get like a Rob Deere or somebody, you know what I mean? Like just some guy that just hit homers. I know Rob's a little old now, but I'm trying to think of dudes like, who else was big in the 90s that could just mash? You got, okay. You got to get, uh, I would say, Mark McGuire and Sammy Sosa, right? We got yeah. Well, yeah. There yeah. we go. Steve said Ozzy Smith. No. <laughs> Steve, no, but that's funny. <laughs> Patrick has a good one you'll like. Adam Dunn? Oh, Big Dunn? You think big he Dunn's, can, uh, Dunn? Yeah. I saw Dunn not long ago. He's weighing, he could probably still do it. Yeah? You think he can smash 400 plus? Oh, easy. Dude, he's, okay. He's weighing, he's big, big old boy. Ryan said boy. Manny Ramirez, A-Rod Bonds, Ryan McGuire, Howard? Sosa. What yeah, about Ryan, Ryan Howard? Howard. That's a good he's, name. Yep. Yep. I like that. Uh, you know, someone like that. Ryan Howard used to hit bombs. He won a home run derby, didn't he, in 2006? Yeah. In I Pittsburgh, he didn't he win? Uh, Noe said Willie Mo Pena. Oh, we're going like, Ooh. I mean, what's the guy, Juan Encarnacion? What was the guy's name for the Reds? Was Juan that him? Francisco. Juan Francisco. Yes. Uh, I mean, Willie Mo Pena. This is fun. There, I mean, there are a lot of names you could throw out there. I don't know how many yeses you'll get on the invite. This isn't like Whit Merrifield's golf tournament where everyone says yes. You got to be able to to swing it. Now, Jason Stark wrote a great article about this. This is not going to be, if it happens, the the timer BS that no. the Derby has gotten out of control with. You would get outs, right? Matt stares or Spieth, Spieth goes, Matt fucking stares. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> These he are great. Come, he could come off the bench and break one open in the ninth. <laughs> I don't know. Those are all good. The problem is, is uh, you don't want to get anyone to get hurt, though. Gosh, dog. Like, hey, give them a year. Give them a year to get. They prepared. got a year from now. Let's go next. All and also, I, now. I know Barry Larkin got hurt the one year, but can we do like the skills competition? Like, remember Benito Santiago? The catchers had a, they had like a target and they had to hit the target at second base and no outfitters threw balls. Like, what do we know? Not with current players. They what? teams wouldn't allow it. Oh, man. No was, chance. Kratz yeah. is all about it, too. There's a ton of good names still getting fl- uh, thrown out there. Austin says Juan Gonzalez. Uh, Guillermo, Guillermo Bagwell. Hmm. Wouldn't do it. I don't think he would do it. Will, get Big Sexy in there. Who's Big Mr. Sexy? Mr. Sender. Richie Sexton? Yeah, Big sexy? probably. Gary Sheffield. Oof. Yeah. Can they use metal bats? See, then it would be fun. <laughs> I don't use a, don't yeah, but then you bat. need to put netting around everything. Yeah, and you can't or have the random kids hurt. running around the field either because yeah. someone's going to get smoked. Again. Yes. So, anyway, I love it. it it's really a great idea. Let's make there. it happen. That and the Piazza Clemens fight. Let's go. Mm-hmm. I'm all about it. Okay. Lo, you in? You watch that? No? Oh, yeah. I'm all in. I'm all in. I'll tune Would in. Would you participate? Sure. Oof. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not a home run hitter. I'm just a low I'm ground ball line drive hitter. You know, I got to stick to my game, you know. <laughs> did you ever do any derby or even in, in, in a BP? Did you ever say, you know what? Let me just see how many dingers I can hit for this one every, round. Every now, I remember when I first got called up, uh, I remember Prince and Ricky Weeks. And, you know, I, I always try to just hit line drives the other way. And they ended up, it was like, hey, I'll bet you such and such money if you can just hit a home run in center field. So they used to challenge me to hit balls out of the park. So, uh, but yeah, that's probably the only time I really kind of challenged myself to hit home runs, but I stuck to the line drive swing for sure. I'd put Lowe's name in there. And then a few more from our chat. Uh, Toasty said Andre Scalaraga, Big Cat. Reagan said Miguel wow. Tejada, uh, AJ Early, Piazza. And then Giambi. What about a Giambi? Dante Bichette. Have you seen Bichette? He's still oh, he's yoked. He's, yeah, he's still jacked. Yeah. He could probably throw names. you over the wall. A lot of good names. Yeah, tons of good names. So I'm in. I'm in. Let's let's book it in Arlington. It's way better than the celebrity softball game. Nobody's watching that. Oh, agreed. <laughs> Adam no? Jones played in it. Maybe. Oh no, I like Adam. I'll follow it on his social. But I mean, which one would you homer. rather Didn't watch? Give up a homer to somebody, Adam Jones. No, I don't watch the celeb softball. No, it was game. on his Instagram or his, his oh. Twitter. He was pitching. Mm-hmm. He gave up the home a bomb to somebody. Really? Pitching. Yeah, but it's. Softball, they're it's soft. Book. You're, you're just it's it's not a fast pitch. <laughs> He's doing pretty hard. Really? Yeah. yeah. All right. Good to know. Hey, uh, let's give you a little more on proven brand right now. Hey, my name is Ron Washington. I'm the third base infield coach for the Atlanta Braves and the 2021 World Series champions. I always use the little glove first just so they can develop some confidence catching the ball. And then once we go from the little glove, that's when we go to the pad. 
the little glove develops how you're using your hands. Now when you put the pad on, your hands have to work the same way to keep that ball on that pad. You never use one without the other because they both work together. Good stuff from Wash. You can build your own custom glove at thepbpro.com or follow at the PB Pro. Custom gloves, baby. You guys got custom gloves? Yeah, when you get to the big leagues. Yeah. You can do it earlier now. That's right. I mean, yeah, let's go. Every kid has everything custom now, Low. Custom yeah. back, custom cleats, no. Nike ID, custom bags, custom everything. And it's the way of the world now, so let's go. Mm-hmm. Proven is proven well for uh, Wash. Yeah, yeah. It's a different world we live in now, you know. Everything, the kids are handed everything nowadays. But I remember t- t- uh, Miguel Tejada gave me an infield glove, um, and I kind of used that as my um, – way of preparing myself for the game day in and day out. I feel like it just improved my hand-eye coordination. And, uh, you know, you had a little small pocket pocket in the infield glove, so you had to basically be perfect when you catch fly balls out there. So, uh, so yeah, I, I, I did that throughout my entire career. And, hey, you don't lo- you lose your glove if your name's on it. Just throwing that out there, you know, too. People steal it, though. But, that's a problem. <laughs> true. But then you still have the name. It's kind of weird. You're using someone else's glove with their name on it. I don't know. Yeah. Anyway, uh, let's wrap up our first poll of who the last wild card team would be. It looked like Seattle took a little bit of a lead there. Then the Yanks and the Angels. People are crazy if they think they. I I, I do not see it. The Angels make the playoffs. Well, at they this just point. keep beating the Yankees. So. Yeah, but that series is going to come to a close, and you're going to have to beat other teams that, that, <laughs> that aren't missing Aaron Judge right now. Second poll question: uh, Foul territory or watchstadium.com slash foul territory. Or uh, we'll throw the QR code up there for you. Uh, who do you want to see in the Legends Derby next year? Barry Bonds, Manny Ramirez, Big Poppy, Ken Griffey Jr., or other? I'm loving all the names you're throwing out there in the chat. We, we mentioned it yesterday. I do want to mention Alec Manoa because I still think there's a lot to figure out there. I mean, he had a, a rough go yesterday. And I mentioned this. I think he's such a key to the rest of the Blue Jays season because, oh, he was their number one last year. Oh, sure, you can make a case. You want to give Gossman as a number one? Okay, but he's he's a top-end starter, finished, what, third place in Cy Young voting last year. I mean, he was a number one. And right now, up until this point, he hasn't been major league caliber, and he's costing them a lot of games. He comes back. He has one good one. I know you mentioned you were like, I don't know. I want to see. Is this a little too early? Even though it had been a month, you didn't see a lot in the minor leagues, like I expected them to give him a few rehab starts and see how things go. It was really like one and a quarter rehab starts because one was in what, like a ball or rookie ball or whatever. And he was clearly still working on things. So after yesterday, three innings, three hits, four runs, five walks, no strikeouts and the Padres beating down the Blue Jays. He, he got screwed on a call that that definitely cost him a homer. But what do you think? I mean, we, we talked about this before, like, I thought they should have held him out until after the All-Star break. I think he needed more rehab starts. But um, at the same time, I know it's the competitor in us as players to want to get back out there as fast as we can. But to me, that's when the trainer, the head coach, they have to step in and say, hey, we're looking out for not only you, but the best of the team. We must make sure you're sharp, ready to go, and dominating like we know you can. So for me, I think he needed a little more time to rehab. And honestly, it's it's showing and looking like he should have sat out a little bit longer. His first start was against who? Detroit. Mm-hmm. Yep. We talked about that, Detroit right? Detroit put up yeah. double-digit runs last night. So, so did everyone in the <laughs> Central. Best division in baseball. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, but the first one we, we strategically said, right, he did pitch it against Detroit because their offense isn't great. If you mm-hmm. ask the Tigers guys, they'll tell you their offense isn't great. Mm-hmm. This time, guess what he faced? A legit big league offense. No, the, the number for me is the walks, okay? And this is why he was sent down more than anything, was he couldn't command anything. And to go out and go zero punches, five walks, that's the indication to me that, yeah, he had one good start, but, man, the, the, the walks are just – it's hard to hide walks at the big league level, especially against good teams. You can hide walks and you can pick and choose sometimes who you're going to walk in lineups. But when you face a good big league lineup and you walk five guys, it is hard to hide. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm with you. And so now what? Well, now you got to run them out there. Yeah. You got you got to no keep choice. going. 
you got no choice now. You tried it. You sent him down. He got whacked. Can't do it again. No, no, no. Once remember, you, he got once whacked up, his first up. start down in the complex league. Yes. And then the second start was in double A. He did okay. Was yeah. Like, oh, he went five innings, one run, but he did okay. And there were a few walks. He still had like three or four walks in double A. Yes. Remember, at the time, I said, the strike zone gets smaller as you go up. So the walks were the concerning part. And then his first start, I think he had one or two walks. I'm not exactly sure. Maybe one or – he might have had zero walks his first time. Might have. It, it, it was it a was good better, line. It was, it was a, a good start. line. But yes. then this time, again, plus – Add in, and, and, and Lowe will tell you this, add in at home in Toronto, there's added pressure there mm-hmm. because they, this was their guy, right? This is the guy they were counting on. So he's going back to Toronto and he's going, man, I got to pitch well. I got to pitch well. I got to pitch well. And he doesn't as soon as it's kind of gets off the rails. I know there were, there was a call. Pete Walker got ejected as pitching coach, but five walks, no pun- I mean, you got to punch out somebody. You're Alec Manoa. I agree. I'm with you. But yeah, you, you can't do anything now. You got to just hope that it corrects itself for the next one. I don't know. Who, and, and you're right. Some of it has to do with who you're going up against. It's a big difference in who they're facing. So to be continued, uh, let, let's show Raldis Chapman first. His ball is juiced coming from the Texas Rangers. Oh, oof. See the people freaking out? The ball hitting the screen? That was 102. So you want to be a big league hitter? You faced him, didn't you? Love those are great seats, by the yeah. way. He, uh, I think I'm one for three off of him with a punchy pop up and a base hit, but I think he hit 104 against me a few times. So it's 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 coming in there pretty hot, pretty hot. I must mm-hmm. say, he he tweaked mechanics. He's in a good spot, and he's doing good. He he's using look at. I mean, you can't tell totally here, but his lower half, he's really using. A lot. I would I would say a lot more than he used to. He's like really almost like thinking about it, right? Where it's like more pronounced to be able to use his lower half and he's a truck to be able to throw the baseball that way. And in my mind, it actually could prevent you can tell me this way better, obviously, than I can. Maybe he doesn't go through that slump that he usually goes through. You know how he always has like that two week hiccup? We haven't seen it yet from him. No, he's been good. He's been good. I love the reaction too of the people. Oh, they're scared to death of a ball coming out. There's a net. It'll protect you. What if it breaks it? Well, then you're a millionaire. Then you go into the owner's office and say, I'm going to own the Texas Rangers. And Scott goes, well, you're having a great year. You're doing great things for the club. Well, then I'm selling Otani jerseys all over my (laughs) freaking ballpark (laughs) to make up for it. Oh, man. Oh, that's awesome. Hey, I want to jump to this. I'll I'll, I'll give our uh, superstar director behind the scenes a second because I'm just telling him this on the fly. I want to jump to the Kevin Kelly punishment. We can mix in the, the picture there. The player perspective. I, I, we're taking a pretty hard player perspective uh, conversation here today. Like, I want to really get your take because I think there's some things we're uncovering that people don't know about. So, there's the picture of Kevin Kelly of the Rays. The staff decided that he had to dress up as a cowboy for stretch because he missed a game for a wedding. So, it's a, a fun punishment. Some call it a punishment. And Jake Diekman put the outfit together, and they had a good time with it. All cool. My question is, is that a thing? Like, will guys disappear sometimes for a wedding that's not their own? Not that I haven't I, heard of that much. Not that I've never seen or heard of. I never, dude. If you you can miss a game during the year for nothing, I mean, I guess if you're Yadi Molina and your team's in the basketball playoffs in Puerto Rico, you take off. But other than that, I never heard of this. You <laughs> paternity ever leave? You ever paternity leave's different. You're having a kid. Like, yeah, I get that one. But to just be like, hey, my buddy's getting married or my brother's getting married. You know what you tell your brother or your buddy? Get married in the offseason, dude, because I can't come. Yeah. And maybe maybe uh, Lowe's heard of this, but I never heard of this one. I have never heard of it. And I've had opportunities to go to weddings, but I say, I'm sorry. I'm in the middle of the season. I can't, I can't make it. And for me, I have three boys, and I try to plan all my boys to have all my kids in the offseason. So I have an October, January, and a December kid. So – I didn't want to miss games. That's just me personally. By the way, you know what I tell buddies when they're like, I'm getting married in the season? I'll come to your second wedding. (laughs) When you retire. (laughs) Also, I mean, there's not a lot of dirt in the spikes. This is his rookie year. He's made 36 appearances in the bigs. I just don't know. I hate to kill like the fun story and that part is fun. It's all good. But the other side of it was, that's why I wanted to bring it up. Like, I'd never heard of that before. 
No, it's kind of funny though. They dressed him up as a cow- they were going to Texas, obviously, so they dressed him up as a cowboy. And oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, all he had to do was stretch, and he had to do like high knees and all that, which was all funny. It was all funny games. It wasn't men in bad blood. It was just kind of funny. So, you know, mm-hmm. I- I'm all for this kind of stuff. I know Low when we played. You know, there you go. When we played, you know, you, you dress guys up as different things, right? And it was it was fun though. It wasn't never meant to be a negative thing. It was all in right. good fun. It was just it was like part of the process. And it actually, what it meant is if you got dressed up, guess what? You made it. Mm-hmm. If, if you got dressed up, you made the big leagues, and it was part of the thing. You're saying because now it's more sensitive topic. Yes, yeah. but it was always meant as like a thing. I, I mean, I, heck, I remember my first year, 1998. We had Paul Molitor and Otis Nixon and Terry Steinbach and all these veteran guys. They put me in a vest, a, a fur vest, in like spandex and fuzzy bear slippers, and they're like, "All right, we're having our team party tonight. Come, we have to wear this." And there was dudes in dresses and. And it, but it was it was fun. It wasn't a it was it was just like hey, you're a big leaguer now. So you, you have one night, you live it up, and that's it. You don't yeah. you know? No one complained. It was just like okay, this is fun. Agreed. I dressed up three times myself actually. I did it so, twice. I got two. So yeah, yeah. I had three. So I, I was on a team. You know when Trevor Hoffman. You know when he won this his uh, uh saves things or what whatnot. But I dressed up three times, and I remember one day he. Actually, I was I was a rookie. I got called up or whatnot, and I remember signing autographs um, after a game. It was a day game, and it was a getaway day. So I'm signing autographs. I'm signing autographs, and we get on the plane, and he drops a stack of papers like like this high on my uh, seat on the plane, and he said, "Since you like to sign so much, sign all of these by the time we get to our next destination." So I'm looking at him, I was like, okay, no problem. So I went to signing and he just came probably halfway through of me signing the papers and was like, hey, we don't sign on getaway day. And that's it. And I was like, hey, it will never happen again. And we left it at that. <laughs> that's a good one. Yeah. You know, we did one time. We, that is good, but I'm also pissed, like for the fans. <laughs> it takes two minutes. Come yeah, on. No. You don't want to miss the plane. Not getaway day. You can't miss the flight, especially as a rookie, is what yeah. I'm saying. I'm a rookie, yeah. so. Well, we used to have a. Okay. We we did one time. We took our rookies, and we got. I we bought them all flight attendants gear from. We were on United with the White Sox, and we put them in the gear, and they had to serve us on the plane. That's fun. See, I like that. That's yeah, cool. So they were in the flight attendants got the flight off, and the the rookies took everyone's order and did all this stuff. Mm-hmm. It was fun. They enjoyed. It. it was fun though. It, was, it wasn't yeah. like it was no bad blood. It wasn't like meant to be me. And we had Jace Peterson. I remember we put him in the swimming outfits. And he'd let, and then we dropped him off a couple blocks in New York, and they had to walk to the hotel. You know, it, it, it's yeah. dude, you're in New York, you're in the big leagues. Like, it's an honor. Agreed, AJ. The games change so much, though. I mean, everyone's sensitive about certain things, but like I said, I dressed up three times. I had a blast, and it was a sign of hey, we made it, made it to the big, the big show. So, I like it. I mean, especially that one. That's that's cool. It's like hey, we're, we'll serve you drinks on the plane. Like that's fun. Yeah, it was all, it was all fun, I, I, dude. I remember coming up, Terry Steinbach and those guys, Brent Gates. Remember Brent Gates? I don't. He was kind of like a utility guy. Mm-hmm. A's twins. They had a stereo. This is before there was like iPods. They had a stereo. It was a Bose stereo. I swear to God, it weighed two hundred pounds. And every road trip, they'd be like, "Hey, Rook, get the stereo." And you were like, <laughs> and he had to carry it onto the bus and put it in the back seat. It was, it was, but it was just like fine. Like, okay, I get it. Unless you got hurt, then the team would have hurt out. Well, you don't get hurt from anything. That's different. All right. uh, Let's move to Ronald Acuna Jr. in a class of his own. Um, It's a cool little board that was drawn up of stolen bases with 20 plus home runs just to show what he is doing as a leadoff hitter because. The fastest dude in the sport also is one of the more prolific home run hitters in the sport. And what's the number? Throw a number out there. I mean, if he's healthy the rest of the year, you know, because we talk about 40-40 and they're like, 40-40? How about 40-80, baby? What do you think? What's he got now? 40 what? I'll give you the number. 45? 40, 45? For stolen bases yeah, or yeah, for homers? Bases. Stolen bases, it's, it's mid-40s. It is 44. 44, okay. And 23 homers. So I think he'll hit 41 homers. 
Ooh. and it'll steal 72 bases. Okay. Because at some point they're going to have such a big lead, he's going to start getting days off. And they're also going to tell him, hey, let's take it a little easy. We don't want something happening, stealing bases. Low? What do we have left? Was it? What do we have about 80? No. Less than it, it's about 40% of the season left. There's about 60 left. games left. All right. Give I will go. Oh, wow. I'll go 65 bags. Um, and 35 homers. Ooh, so a little conservative yeah. there. Only 12 more dingers. No, he's, you got you to gotta remember, he's on the things he's doing right now, he has to sustain that level of play for another, like you say, 40% of the season left. That's that's pretty it's pretty tough to be to, to do. I don't I don't think he I think he plays well, but 41 homers, 70 bags, I don't know. That's that's a ton, man. He's he's putting up video game numbers right now, which is really impressive. But I don't think he sustains it the rest of the way at this level. At this rate, I mean, yeah. He does play in truest where the ball absolutely just Yeah, ball flies, but the Braves should be in a very comfortable spot. I mean, yes. they're on track to have the best record and have the home field advantage in the whole deal. That's why I don't think I think the stolen bases. It'll come down. But I think he's still gonna hit some homers. How does that work? Do you I, I mean I'll go to the guy that that ran a little more than you did. So, okay, let's say you're in Acuna's spot right now, Low, and it's September fifth, mm-hmm. and you you're looking at your numbers and you're like, I, I'm I could get forty eighty if I steal mm-hmm. another. The homers is fine if I steal another. I don't know, fifteen to twenty bases this month or something like fifteen. Let's say, are you going for it? Is anybody on the team from a coach to a front office person being like, just want to let you know, stolen bases can lead to injury sometimes. You've been healthy. You've been an MVP for us. But he's also gotten hurt quite a bit in his career, mostly from stuff like this. And we freaking need you in the playoffs. Don't want the player to play differently, but just throwing that out there, what would you do? Yeah, I mean, I'm going after if I'm him. You know, there's no there's no slowing thing, slowing anything down. You continue to play like you've been playing all season long. You know, um, you don't change a thing. I mean, the season he's having, if he keeps it up, I mean, <laughs> it can be an impressive season. So you don't slow down, you don't stop, you keep going at getting after, and you continue to play the way you've been playing all season long. So um, I, I I picked him as my MVP to start the season. So. I think he's going to finish strong, but I think he's just going to slow down just a tad because it, the game of baseball is tough. And also, like AJ said, um, I think they rest him towards the end there. Now, we're having a great time. I'm your first base coach this year in this acting situation. Oh gosh, but unfortunately, <laughs> give him a, give him a manager AJ Przinsky said that he's going to just mix in some more off days for you in September because – why not? And the team has already wrapped up everything. Are you cool with that? A few more off days in September? Oh, man, that's tough because I never wanted off days. But hmm, how many are you talking? That's the question. Like you're saying a few one more. a week, a week worth of off no one days? one per week, one, oh, per, one week. per week. Oh, that's not bad. That's not you're bad. okay with that. Okay, let's do a little uh, slap hands action. And want to remind everyone, this is still running for another day or so. A chance to win FT signed merch along with variety packs of cookie, candy, and cereal pop. If you go onto our Instagram right now, like... Uh, the post and then follow both us and the cookie candy pop account very simple to do and actually this really uh, appeals to low low's got a sweet tooth he's known for that i mean freddie brought it up he's got to bring him cookies low a little late night ice cream um this is right up your alley low so just letting you know dude if if you haven't tried it before we might have to send you some bags uh, please, because in the minor leagues, all I had was Fruity Pebbles and Waffle House. Those are my go-to. <laughs> so this is nostalgic. <laughs> this is nostalgic then for you. We'll send you I Fruity Pebbles cereal. Nobody pop. eats more ice cream than Juan Pierre. I don't care who you are. Juan really? Pierre ate 22 ice cream bars a day and was shredded. Because he ran all day. But dude, Actually, he didn't like running, he told me. No, but he ate. He literally ate like 10 ice cream bars a day. And I'm like, how do you look like that? And you, no, but Lo had cream. dessert almost every night, no? 
Still do every night. Still Had cinnamon do. rolls last night. Hell yeah. <laughs> Damn. I'm jealous. AJ's jealous. Yeah. I love sweets and I've got to watch them. <laughs> oh, hey, Hopefully uh, it doesn't catch up to me one day. Nah, you're good. You're good, dude. You're good. Keep doing your thing. Good to see you, man. Likewise, likewise. All right, FT Live back on, I don't even know what day it is, Thursday. Thursday tomorrow. Thursday, and then, uh, and then I'll be at Frazier's, I think, on Friday. So we will see you Good job, Lowe. Then. And congrats to Sonny Gray before we get off. Sonny Gray, 10 years. 10 years service. Oh, talked nice. about Yelly yesterday. Way to go, boys. Good stuff. Hey, FT Live fam. If you're new to the party on the BetMGM Sports app, enter the promo code FOUL. F-O-U-L for up to $1,000 back if your first bet loses. It's simple. Ready? Download the BetMGM Sports app on iOS or Android or visit BetMGM.com. Sign up and deposit into your newly created account. Place your first bet offer and receive up to $1,000 back in bonus bets if it loses. If the bet does lose, your bonus bets will be available once the wager is settled. Gotta use the bonus code. Foul.